Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield, and we're here to preview the Falcons' next matchup, Thursday night football game, their only primetime game of the season, and it's against the New England Patriots who come into Atlanta uh, for the first time in, honestly, it seems like forever. Um, but before we get to that, Evan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, DW. Um, just ready to look to a new week uh last week was pretty uh terrible Gruesome. with the falcons loss so uh yeah let's you know i don't know that i'm optimistic or anything <laughs> but <laughs> i'm just ready for another football game where maybe they can change my mind yeah i'm i'm hoping they can we we started the week off with what was maybe some really really bad news but i think there's been some developments in that we heard yeah. yesterday some rumors that Cordero Patterson may miss Thursday's game with an ankle injury. Um, so on that note, Evan, I know you cover the, the injury reports for the site. Why don't you give us an update on where these two teams stand going into this game? As of right now, we are, we are recording, just to be clear for everybody, we are recording on Tuesday evening, so this yeah. is subject to change. Tuesday is basically a normal Thursday, so Wednesday's practice report is the one you want to pay attention to because that will be the final That'll be like Friday where it's the final practice of the week. Um, That gives us kind of the best insight. But yeah, uh, Patterson has been limited on Monday. They didn't hold an actual practice. It was like a estimated practice. So um, they estimated that he would be limited. And then on Tuesday, that was the actual in-person practice. Mm -hmm. Um, He was indeed limited. So that's a good sign because on Monday, uh, I believe it was Tom Pelissaro, who's with um, NFL Network, said that, you know, he kind of made it seem like we might be without Patterson for a couple weeks. Um, it just in set mentioned that, you know, there wasn't a lot of optimism and stuff like that. But the Falcons, you know, have really been kind of confident that, you know, he may, maybe he'll play this week, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be a multi weak thing according to the Falcons but we'll kind of see we'll get a better idea if, if he's still limited if he, if he comes out and he's a full participant on Wednesday that'll be that'll be something but um I believe it's the high equal sprain which I know you've I think you've you said you've had before oh, it's, it's a nasty yeah it's a nasty injury that typically you do miss weeks um yeah. so if for some reason Patterson plays I mean that'll be something um I don't know how else to put that, but yeah, that, <laughs> I would, let's just say I would be kind of shocked if it's, if it's a legit high ankle sprain, you usually miss at least two or three weeks. So that if minimum. he plays, mm-hmm. yeah. So if he plays, I mean, I think that just says a lot about him. Um, the only other notable is uh, Lee Smith, 
who uh, missed the last game against the Cowboys with a back injury, was a full participant um, on Tuesday. So he's, you know, headed in the right direction. Jonathan Bullard, also a full participant. He was dealing with a um, concussion and he was a full participant. So I would expect both of them to play. Obviously, there's one more practice. So we'll kind of monitor that. But as of Tuesday, it sounds like both of them are on track to play. The Patriots have a ton of people limited. Um, but hmm. the biggest thing is they also Monday didn't practice. They had a estimated practice uh, report. Damian Harris was estimated to not practice on Monday due to a concussion on Tuesday. He actually did practice. Um, so he's headed towards, you know, playing um, the only non-participant was uh defensive end Dietrich wise jr. Um, but it was just an illness. So non-COVID illness, it's probably going to be fine to play. Um, but yeah, they have a ton of, I mean, there's just like, there's like 20 people here who are limited Dante Hightower being one of them ankle, uh, John U. Smith's shoulder injury, uh, Brandon Bolden, hip Trent Brown calf, but just kind of look at the foulcollet.com on Wednesday. Um, cause we'll have the up-to-date, you know, injury report this early in the week. They just put a bunch of names on there and a lot of people will be limited just because they might, you know, might want to rest them just a little. So, yeah. Yeah. That basically sums up the injury. Yeah. And uh, honestly, them getting back Damian Jackson is going to be a big deal. Uh, he is one of their best weapons. Um, so the, the New England Patriots, they are an interesting team um, coming in. They mm-hmm. are one of the hottest teams right now in the NFL. Uh, they have won four in a row. Uh, they are now, I think, six and three, and they're a half game back of the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East, which I think most people thought the Bills were going to run away with the division by this point. And they've stumbled a couple of times, and now the Patriots are in the thick of it. And those two teams have not played yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is still a chance the Patriots, uh, with a rookie quarterback, uh, which we'll talk about him in a little bit, can actually win that division, the AFC East, one that many people thought was Buffalo's to lose. Um, so yeah, this is a bit of a surprising team to me. You know, we knew when they drafted Mac Jones that um, he was going to be a, a player that potentially could, you know, uh, be up there for Rookie of the Year. I think at this point he's probably the front runner uh, by all accounts. Uh, they moved on from Cam Newton. Uh, they were so confident in him, uh, and you know, the first few games he he rightfully struggled as a rookie, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the past three or four games, he has been dialing in. This guy does not look like a rookie. <laughs> uh, great news for Falcons fans uh, who are yeah. hoping Dean Pease could take advantage of a rookie. Um, he is as advertised, uh, and I've watched a couple of games of him. Uh, he is very much a traditional pocket passer, but he is accurate. He is decisive, um, and he's got great pocket awareness already for a rookie. Um, it's Honestly, quite impressive. Now, I will say this. He's got a great offensive line in front of him, and he is surrounded by a plethora of weapons. Um, mm-hmm. However, one thing I want to point out is the, the games that they've had, because I, I think it's important to talk about the competition they've faced, how they fare, because you know, if, if, like the Falcons, your wins have all come against you know, poor competition, um, it's going to potentially skew the perception of, uh, of your team. But here is the Patriots, uh, how their, their schedule has played out so far. Week one, lost to the Dolphins, 17-16. Week two, win over the Jets, 25-6. Week three, lost to the Saints at home, 28-13. to 
uh, week four, uh, lost to the Buccaneers at home, 19 to 17, the return of Tom Brady. Um, game five uh, on the road, beat the Texans 25 to 22. Game six at home, Cowboys beat them 35 to 29. Game seven uh, at home, beat the Jets uh, 54 to 13. Dear God. Um, uh, game, see here, game seven, I think eight, nine, seven, eight, nine. Anyway, uh, yeah, they, eight. yeah, the, on the road, beat the uh, Chargers 27-24. Uh, next week, on the road again in Carolina, beat uh, them 24-6. to That was before Cam Newton came back, incidentally. Um, and last week, probably the most impressive win was their absolute thrashing of the Cleveland Browns, 45-7. to um, That game has people in Cleveland wondering if Baker Mayfield is the future of the <laughs> franchise at quarterback. That's how bad that beatdown was. Um, so they, they've had some you know, games where they've played against some poor teams. You know, they faced the Jets twice and beat them both times. Uh, you know, they faced the Panthers and, and beat them up, and they faced the Texans and beat them up. Um, so I, I don't want to say they've had a weak schedule, but they have faced some bad teams and they've beat them. Um, I do think the Browns uh, win is pretty significant. Uh, winning against the Chargers, I think, uh, on the road is pretty significant. So I, I don't want to discount their um, their record or their wins, but uh, they've also had you know some cupcake teams in there. And yeah. in fairness, we've beat cupcake teams as well. It's not like we've dominated you know mm-hmm. anybody at this point. Um, I don't know. Do you think they're legit? Evan, do you feel that like that win against the Browns um, showed you something, or do you still feel like maybe they're a paper tiger? I don't know. Um, I think the most notable takeaway, I mean, they're on a four game winning streak. And as you mentioned, they're not like great talent they've been playing, but Mac Jones seems to have figured it out and it kind of started with the win streak um, in week seven. He's got six touchdowns in and in, in one interception since then yep. before that, um, he was a lot worse on the season. He's got 13 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So it looks terrible from that standpoint. But when you look at from when that win streak started in week seven, I mean, he's been playing good football. Um, and I think kind of the national attention was last week where everybody's like, Oh, but so luckily enough for the Falcons, that's going to be on prime time where it's like, okay, this is the new <laughs> Mac Jones. Who's finally figured it out. Um, I don't know that they're going to, you know, I mean, technically, I think the Bills are a much better team and will probably win that division. But who knows? It's Bill Belichick. Um, He's made a career off, you know, being one of those people who can, you know, obviously everyone knows Tom Brady, but he's made a career coaching players up who just go elsewhere and just turn into garbage. I mean, he's made players so much money who dominate on his team, enter free agency, and they just fall apart wherever they end up going. And that goes for coaching staff too, former assistants and stuff. Um, they'll people think they're going to be like the next Bill Belichick. And then they go to a different team and they end up fired in three years. Like that's just the type of coach we're going to be facing. So I don't know. I'm not optimistic going into this game. I think the Patriots matchups are going to be tough on the Falcons, especially if for some reason Cordero Patterson isn't there. Um, yeah. But I know we're going to talk more about the defense and stuff, but yeah, I'm a little nervous because I mean, this team, they've only allowed 13 points in the last two uh, weeks. So that's kind of not great. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> the, 
they are sixth in points um, this year. So they are definitely uh, scoring a lot, which is, um, you know, what you need to do to win in this mm-hmm. league. Uh, as for their offense, um, PFF has Mac Jones as their fifth highest rated quarterback this year as a rookie, which is really damn impressive. Um, no one on their offensive line has a grade lower than a 70.6, which uh, is a very respectable grade. They've got guys uh, across the board who are, um, you know, mid seventies or into the eighties. So this is a very good offensive line, which is normal for new England. Uh, they have some of the best coaches in the league uh, for the trenches that you'll find, um, but they're weapons, my God, the weapons. Uh, and it's not like one guy is dominant. They don't have a Julio Jones. They just have a lot of guys that are delivering um, mm. their wide receiver core, Kendrick Bourne, uh, who leads the team with 520 yards, three touchdowns, Jacoby Myers, 483 yards and the touchdown, Nelson Aguilar, um, 356 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Hunter Henry is having a little bit of a bounce back year, 355, uh, 353 yards and seven touchdowns. My God. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the running backs, the it's like they've got a three headed monster, you know, Damian Harris, who we'll see if he plays or not. I, 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 w- I would suspect he will based on the mm-hmm. report, 547 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, 236 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Uh, and then Brandon Bolden, who's really more of a receiving back, who has 227 yards receiving uh, and 140 yards rushing. They have so many weapons. And, oh, yeah, they've also got James White, um, uh, who is like an afterthought now in this offense. Yeah. Um, and John O. Smith, you know, who they brought in, uh, many people thought was going to be, oh, he's going to be this, you know, great weapon for him. Well, he's got 193 yards. Like he's fourth or fifth on the team in, in receiving. And it's, yeah, this is uh, just an offense that is firing on all cylinders right now. The only offenses in the league that rank uh, above them in points scored are the Cardinals, Cowboys, Bills, Buccaneers, and Titans. That's it. Hmm. Like that is, uh, impressive to see the Patriots up there. Um, you know, the Rams are behind them. Uh, the Colts, the chiefs are behind them. Uh, so yeah, this is a very impressive team right now. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm scared. I, I don't like this matchup at all for the Falcons defense. <laughs> yeah. Looking at the last, just looking at how the points have gone over the last two games or two weeks. Um, the Falcons have allowed 68, uh, points, uh, like scored against him. And the Patriots have scored 69 points. So it's a complete mismatch about as far as you can get. <laughs> yeah. Um, this feels like the Cowboys matchup. The Falcons just, uh, unless Dante Valor, uh, James Vodders, you know, just suddenly become premier pass rushers in, you know, instantaneously. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't expect them to be able to generate enough pressure uh, consistently to knock Mac Jones off the spot. He has been sacked 19 times this year. Um, however, a lot of those came early on in the season. Uh, and I think that's to be expected with a rookie who holds on to the ball a little bit too long. Um, th- he has since settled down and over this, this winning streak, he has been sacked a lot less. So that 19 can be a little bit uh, deceptive, uh, but right now he is, uh, he's, he's just playing some really good ball. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, like I, I'm having flashbacks of the Cowboys game, and um, it's similar defensive. Like uh, a lot of the stats are very similar that I'm looking at. Yeah, New England is it's 
funny when I was looking at it as well, they're right there with the Cowboys uh, <laughs> in on both sides of the ball, which is uh, great. That's uh, that's yeah. lining. The stars are lining up beautifully. <laughs> um, all right. We are going to talk about the defense and whether or not this Falcons offense uh, has the potential to keep up with this uh, with this team. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield, and we are previewing the Falcons matchup against the New England Patriots, one of the best teams in football right now. So uh, it's sort of back-to-back weeks, Evan, with uh, facing two top teams, two teams mm-hmm. that are going to be in the playoffs more than likely uh, and, and in potential contention. I think the Cowboys may be you know, more of a serious threat than New England, but uh, like with the way New England's playing right now, I would not write them off at all, especially with as you know, that Bill Belichick is their head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's talk about their defense. Um, <sighs> <laughs> Where do they rank defensively uh, at this point, Evan? What, what, what are some of the stats you can give us about where the Patriots rank uh, <sighs> on that side of the ball? Well, for me, the most notable thing is turnovers. They get interceptions um, in the secondary just for example, J.C. Jackson, five interceptions. Kyle Duggar, three interceptions. Adrian Phillips, three interceptions. The Falcons have three total interceptions this entire year. They have the Patriots have three players who have three or more interceptions, <laughs> oh like by themselves. Um, oh lordy, this uh, that's going to be the biggest thing for me is is can can they limit the turnovers? Um, I mean, that's, you know, kind of obvious every game, but this is a big one. The Patriots thrive on it. Uh, This defense is the type that they're going to try and force turnovers, and that's how they beat you, and then they beat you on the ground. Um, I don't know. Um, The more I look at these stats, I'm like, oh, God, this is worse than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I will say those – they've gotten those interceptions in bunches, which obviously have to do still – 24 or I'm sorry, 14 interceptions is ridiculous. Now it helps playing the New York jets. They have seven against them alone, four Mm -hmm. in the first game, three, the second time they faced them. Uh, And then it helps to play Sam Darnold. He gave them three interceptions. Now they got two against the chargers and a very good quarterback out West. uh, And they had two against the Cowboys. Although I believe was that the one with Cooper rush? It may have been. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they played Dak, so keep that in mind as well. Um, and they did have one against Baker Mayfield last week. So, they are yes, this defense, uh, I'm not – please don't misunderstand this. I am not trying to write them off at all. They're a very good one. It's what Belichick does every single year. They are second in points allowed behind only the Buffalo Bills. Um, as far as sacks, this is what makes me nervous, Evan. Uh, they're in the top 10 in sacks. They have 24 mm-hmm. – um, they have 24 sacks on the year, and their sack percentage of 6.5 places them at 10th as well. 
Um, and what we have seen with the Falcons offense is when they face a team that can pressure the quarterback, the offense tends to struggle because Ryan doesn't have enough time in the pocket. He can't go downfield much. And this, yeah, this is a bad matchup for the Falcons offense. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if, you know, that's the caveat here. If they're without Cordero Patterson, it makes it so much worse. Yeah. Because Calvin Ridley is not going to play. At least we haven't, you know, he's still got what two games technically on IR. Yes. So if you're down to Kyle Pitts, who, you know, I've said it before, the thing that makes Bill Belichick good on uh, defensively is he takes out your best players on offense. He makes you win, uh, going a different route kind of. So like Kyle Pitts, probably not a great, if you're expecting a ton from Kyle Pitts this week, probably not great. Cause they're going to look at him. Like they're going to make you beat him somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be kind of a difficult thing for a team that's kind of limited on offensive weapons right now. Yeah, and uh, to be clear, Ridley, this is his third game that he'll miss on the NFL uh, non-injury list. He could come back uh, against the Jaguars, which will be our next right. game. on November But he can't 20th. come back this week. Like, he cannot come back this week, right. correct. Um, and as you mentioned with the injury report, I do want to clarify, we do not know if the ankle injury that Cordero Patterson suffered was a high ankle sprain, um, that was speculated by one of those uh, doc guys on Twitter. And we've not seen any confirmation from the team or from the player that it was that kind of ankle sprain. If it's a low, if it's a normal ankle sprain um, in theory, he could play on it and and still play well. If it's a high ankle sprain, I, I would be shocked if he played on it because um, it absolutely limits your ability to move. It, it, it's uh, as I described it, um, having suffered this injury in the past, it's like having wooden boards uh, up and down the entire length of your lower leg. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like they're constricting every single muscle and, and flexibility entire and the entire lower leg. It's just, it makes it impossible to, it makes it hard just to walk <laughs> much <laughs> less run and, and beat guys uh, down the sideline. Um Hopefully, I would suspect if he's practicing, I doubt it's a high ankle sprain. So uh, then again, Cordero Patterson is just built differently from the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> so I'm looking at this uh, defense and the turnovers, the sacks, um, but there are some opportunities here. Um, their corners, you know, uh, they are good at the turnovers. Uh, J.C. Jackson, I think, is a very good uh, coverage cornerback. Uh, 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 on the other side, uh, you know, Mills, Jalen Mills, not as much, uh, at least if you're looking at the PFF scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the safeties. Look, Devin McCourty has been a fantastic safety for most of his career. He's also 34 years old. Uh, he's on the back end of his career, and uh, he is still a good player. But I still like Kyle Pitts in this matchup because – Kyle Pitts is six foot six. Devin McCourty's five foot ten. <laughs> yeah. So if McCourty ends up in that matchup, I'm throwing jump balls to Pitts all day. Uh, their other safety, uh, Phillips, Adrian Phillips, he is a pretty good player as well. Pretty good in coverage. Still only five foot eleven. Um, so Kyle Pitts has a substantial height advantage here on both of these guys if they end up on him on, in coverage. Uh, and likewise, their linebackers, you know, Dante Hightower is a good player. Um, nowhere near as fast as Patterson. Uh, so if you've got Patterson on Hightower, uh, I'm taking Patterson. I'm, I'm taking that shot all day long. So 
if Ryan has enough time, I think the matchups here are ones where the specific players against their players, they're, if they can just take advantage of it, there are opportunities there. Um, my only concern is that they just they, they get to the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And right now, you know, as we saw last week, that's one thing, you know, this Falcons offensive line has been inconsistent. At times they've been fairly decent. Um, and then they'll just have these meltdown games where uh, all of a sudden Jalen Mayfield is your highest graded offensive lineman like it was this past week, um, which is just so fluky. Uh, incidentally. <laughs> Actually, I think it was Colby Gossett, wasn't it? It was uh, Colby Gossett. Yeah. Yeah. So when Colby Gossett is your highest ranked uh, offensive line player, uh, you know, something's gone really, really yeah. bad. Um, yeah. I don't know. And any other matchups you see here? Do you, do you feel like the Falcons need to get, the ground game going to be able to uh, keep this new England defense at bay. I mean, yeah, but let's be honest. That's just, I mean, it it hasn't happened this far. So, I mean, who really knows, but uh, you know, get some more Wayne Gallman. I liked what I saw last week, even in a loss. Um, He was productive. I believe he had 50 yards rushing. Um, So, I mean, yeah, if they, if they use him out of the gate, um, That'll be key. I don't, I mean, I get the Mike Davis stuff. Like he's still splitting carries with uh, Patterson, but Wayne Gallman just looked the part, st- the stats backed it up, but he looked the part last week. So I think if they can get him going early, the thing with the offense is you have to open up the pass and you do that by having a successful run game, or at least yes. one that they respect. And that hasn't happened much, you know, at all this season where the opposing teams respected the ground game. Um, and especially when you, when you have limited receiving options as the Falcons do, you have to be a threat on the ground and they just haven't been, but maybe if they use Wayne Gallman, um, on Thursday, they'll be able to get something through the air. Yeah. And the Patriots rushing defense still good. Um, but they rank number 12, they allow mm-hmm. 4.2 yards per carry, uh, and about 107.9 yards per game. Um, and you know, the, the yards per game, I don't like to focus on as much because that is influenced a lot by how their offense plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have an offense that's racking up the score, you force the other team to move away from the run and that's going to help your, your run defense. So the yards per attempt is a good metric. Uh, they're averaging, they're allowing 4.2, which funny enough is the same, uh, that the Falcons are allowing the Falcons are number 10 in the league in rush defense, allowing 4.2 yards per attempt. Um, not a stat that I was expecting to see, um, but yeah, there may be an opportunity here for the Falcons to get the run game going. Uh, I think they yeah. need to, like you said. Um, and Wayne Gallman, I agree. I think he deserves more touches. Incidentally, when I spoke with uh, Mike Rothstein last week, he mentioned that when he uh, spoke with Dave Ragone, that he asked him about Mike Davis. And this is very interesting. I thought this was a great point by Mike. He said, uh, uh, Dave basically pointed to how happy they were with his pass blocking. And, you know, Mike said he's been in the NFL long enough that he knows that when you talk about the pass blocking of a running back, that means that the other stuff is not going the way you want it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think the Falcons are beginning to get uh, a little bit frustrated with his lack of productivity as a runner. Um, and I think Gallman being active uh, was and getting all those snaps is a sign that, yeah, they're, they're going to start turning to the hot hand. And as you mentioned, I think Gallman did look a lot better. In, in fairness, Davis looked better in, in the Cowboys game as well. 
Um, he, he certainly ran better than we've seen him run in recent weeks. Uh, but yes, if, if they're going to have success, I, I feel like they have to keep the Patriots offense off the field, which means burn the clock, which means run the ball successfully, set up the play action to open up the downfield shots. Um, because if, if you try to get into a shootout, my concern is that we'll see what happened last week. You have yeah. one dropped pass that kills a drive, um, you know, and all of a sudden you're, you're down 14 to three and then it becomes 21 to three and then everything just falls apart quickly. Um, and the Falcons right now are just not built to stay in games like that because uh, they don't have enough weapons on offense to get into a shootout, especially an offense like this. Again, I, I just go back to all of these weapons that they've got. They've got, you know, 300, 400 yards receiving multiple touchdowns, Hunter Henry with seven touchdowns. I mean, it's just, it's the best way to defend that is to keep them off the field. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel like the Falcons' best opportunity is to really, really try to get the run game going, focus on it, um, sell out to, to you know run the ball on these guys. Um, and if that doesn't work, you know at least you uh, you put that that effort on the field. Um, all right, Evan, any final thoughts as we close out this preview podcast? Uh, and what is your prediction as well? for how this game is going to play. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the Falcons seem to do better when I have like barely any optimism. So there's that. Um, the fact that the Patriots defense have allowed the second fewest rushing touchdowns in the league and the Falcons have a struggling rushing attack makes me a little nervous. Um, because again, I don't think the Falcons receiving depth is good. Um, if you take, you know, Patterson hopefully plays If for some reason he doesn't and you're losing that in the receiving game, it's basically Kyle Pitts, you know, Russell Gage, I guess is okay, but he's not a number one. I don't even think a number two receiver. I like him as a wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make me a little nervous. Um, and then obviously we're going against, you know, one of the better coaches in NFL history. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I had to predict a score, I'm going to say Falcons 14, Patriots 24. Like, I think it'll be kind of close, but I don't see the Falcons winning this, which means they might. So, yeah. <laughs> and they're wearing the, and they're wearing the throwbacks, that, throwbacks as much as I love them. They usually have bad games wearing for some reason. It's frustrating, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling about this game on a short week, too. Yeah. And uh, it's a primetime game, which they have not played well in recently. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this one. I don't like any of the matchups. Um, honestly, I think the Falcons are going to have to shock us because right now, after the Cowboys game, after what they showed there, um, I, I just think between the coaching and the roster issues, um, this is just not a team that can keep up with the best in the league. And right now, the Patriots are one of the best teams in the league. Um, that is not uh, an indictment of you know the front office or the coaches. I just think it's going to take time to rebuild uh, this roster into one that's competitive, and it's going to take time to install their scheme uh, the way that they want to, and to get the players in here who are going to be able to execute on that. You know, as you mentioned, Russell Gage is wide receiver one is entirely problematic, uh, and that's you know that's. Uh, that's where the Falcons are at right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've already put my prediction out there. I'm going to stick to it. I said Patriots 31, Falcons 13. Um, 
you know, I'm hoping they score at least 13 points. <laughs> uh, just keep Matt Ryan healthy is, is what I'm seeing. And uh, on that note, uh, on the falcohollow.com, you can see my game preview and predictions. Um, 71% of our readers think the Patriots win this game. So Evan, you and I are not alone. 71% our... think the Falcons. Oh, they think the, the Patriots. Patriots yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I thought for some reason I thought you said Falcons. I was like, oh, that's a... That's something, but yeah, I, I agree. I'd say seven, like, that's about how I feel. I think there's a 71% chance Patriots win. Yeah. So. Um, I, I'd say it's like 91, but uh, the, yeah. as, it, as it stands, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, all right, Evan, remind I don't want to be too pessimistic. Yeah, here. right. <laughs> we are a Falcons <laughs> podcast after all. We're right. not supposed to be this negative. Right. Um, all right, buddy. Remind our <laughs> listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield, everything at thefalcolic.com. Um, yeah, look for the injury report. Um, by the time you're hearing this, it's probably Wednesday. So look at the injury report on thefalcolic.com, and that'll give you a you know, most likely an update on Patterson and a couple of other guys and some of the Patriots players. So yeah. Um, uh, just enjoy the game. I mean, it's our only primetime game of the year for some reason, but, um, and it's a Thursday night, which is usually the bad games, but mm. hopefully this one's a good one and enjoy uh-huh. the throwbacks. Cause I love them. And we're going to wear them <laughs> again. Um, who's it against? I want to say it's against the lions. I think it is um, the lions. Yeah. yeah, and I can't remember off the top of my head what week that is, but we'll wear them again later in the season. And it's the day after Christmas, December 26th. Day after Christmas, there we go. So that should be a winnable game um, if for some reason they look atrocious on in this game. But yeah, because I love those uniforms, but Lord, do they play like crap wearing them. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, and... <laughs> For those who are quite optimistic, or I'm sorry, quite pessimistic about this team right now, I get it. This podcast probably does help with that. Um, just keep in mind, we've got the Jaguars after you know this game. We'll have a team with 10 days of rest um, going into Jacksonville. Then we're home to face the Buccaneers, uh, on the road to face the Panthers, um, on the road to face the 49ers, uh, and then we're back home to face the Lions on the road yeah. to face the bills. And then we finished the last game of the, the season at home hosting the saints. So there are still some opportunities for this team to get, you know, two, maybe three more wins uh, and sort of end up in the spot. Many of us thought they would end up in, which is, you know, seven or eight wins on the year. And when you're trying to establish a new team, uh, a new identity, new coaching staff, new scheme, um, that is not necessarily a bad way to go. So uh, keep the faith folks. It's, it's not over yet. DW, if the Falcons win this game, how do you, like how do you feel about this team? Like, isn't it just I will so have weird? No idea. I will have right. no idea, man. Because it's like <laughs> the Saints game. I have never felt more confident that they were going to lose that, just because of everything surrounding it. And then they win. And then the Cowboys game. Like, I wasn't very confident or anything like that. But like, I didn't see them getting you know yeah. paddled. Like, it was embarrassing. Uh, if they win this game against the Patriots, who they shouldn't, you know, on paper, probably shouldn't even be in a close game with. But if they beat them, I mean, I don't I, I just don't honestly know what to think of this team. Yeah. It, it almost makes predicting games uh, surrounding. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is a high variance team. And I think that is who the Falcons are right now. On any yeah. given Sunday, they can give you their best effort and knock off the Saints at home. 
uh, and then turn around and crap the bed against the Cowboys. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that is just who the Falcons are. <laughs> I mean, it would be big for a rookie head coach too to beat Bill Belichick because it doesn't happen often. I don't have the stats yeah. off the top of my head, but it's not something that you know occurs often. It makes sense not why, but yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, one of the rookie head coaches this year is 0-2 against him, and you know Robert Sala with the Jets. Yeah. So um, yeah, not a good track record there. All right. Uh, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod, And, of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.